So we've been recording these episodes for Human Events Daily and really taking the time over this Christmas week to step back and talk about what me what matters, what Christmas means to us, what the new year means to us. And I knew that I wanted to do an episode on Christmas itself, and I couldn't think of anybody that I wanted to have on the Christmas episode more than my wife. The lovely and beautiful Tanya Tay. Thank you, dear. Who, you know, and it's amazing. Like, think about this. Here we are. We are recording this at the Turning Point Studios. We're in the podcast booth, this beautiful, beautiful studio that Turning Point has. And this is not how we how we started out doing, you know, shows like this. How was it when we started? Not at all. Uh, I remember just... Uh, dragging you to the country concerts in the early days. Oh, yeah, yeah, Remember yeah. that time? But then what we did used to do on the Periscope. Remember, we would do Periscopes yes, together, yes, but that yes. wasn't with, you know, the nice microphones and the lights. The lightning and was... Uh, the, the beautiful video background <laughs> and all. That was literally just like a phone in the spare bedroom. And it was just me and you talking. And, and often just on the go. I remember all the places we would go visit and you just turn it on without even giving me a notice. It's like, oh, we're on air. I might give you like a 30 second um, hand. Hey, let's go live. No, <laughs> you did not. Okay, maybe like three seconds. <laughs> but we used to do, and I remember, and what people actually don't know is that when we first, when I very first started, when I was doing Rebel, uh, videos for Rebel, um, that it was you that was uh, behind the camera that was in our, our spare bedroom, we're in our old house where you were turning the lights on, pressing record on the camera. I was your very first producer. My very first producer, yeah. And my very first field producer. Where let's see if you let's see if do you remember where the very first place we went together to do a documentary was? Yes, I do. Where was it, it was uh, Malmo. Malmo, Sweden. Sweden. We went to the no-go zones and we said I said, hey, sweetheart. I remember we were just dating at the time, right? We weren't yeah. engaged yet. You're right. No, not yet. No, I think it was a couple months before we got engaged. And uh, I said, I said, sweetheart, how would you like to go to Europe? And you're like, where in Europe? And you go, I'll get and so I said, excited. Sweden. Yeah. Do you want to go to Sweden? <laughs> like, Ooh. And then, and, then I, and then what happened? Uh, and then we got to the no-go zones with... Uh, <laughs> the no-go zones of Sweden. <laughs> with everybody having a cover on their head but me. And then suddenly yep. I looked around and... Uh, Realized that it's a little bit different over here, huh? <laughs> Not exactly. But we did... To, but in I my, my credit, camera on. In my credit, in my credit... To make sure we get all the live video and in shots. In my defense, right? We did go to... We did go to... Um, we kept going to that train station, you remember? Because we had the smorgasbord. Smorgasbord. And we had, and you fell in love with the Swedish open face sandwiches. I remember that because that is all seafood in Malmo and you are a seafood fan. Yes. Got a few stories going back. And here we are now with uh, two little boys talking about Christmas and uh... well so yeah and that's that's really what you know coming into it from a Christmas 
you know, and, and we're going to release this on Christmas Day. So if people are listening to it on Christmas Day, Merry Christmas. That Merry is what Christmas. we say, of course. Merry Christmas to everybody from us, the Posobics, to all of you. Uh, we hope you're having a great day, having a Merry Christmas. Maybe you're on your way to Mass or church, and or maybe you just finished it. Maybe you finished wrapping up the presents, and you're just driving somewhere. And I thought, finished you know. Finished wrapping up the presents. Or finished unwrapping Unra the presents. Unwrapping the presents. <laughs> Hopefully it's unwrapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, some, some people are like, like, some people are still Ooh. wrapping them on Christmas morning. Uh, we don't have to name any names, but um, I may have gotten off uh, a little bit early on a few Christmas mornings <laughs> to do that. But I wanted to talk about how and for people who don't realize this, is that Christmas in Eastern Europe isn't as big as it is in the West. Um, so for you growing up, Christmas wasn't so much of this, of the holiday with the tree and the lights and the presents and all of it. But one thing that you have said is that growing up in Eastern Europe, and for people who don't know, and I think everybody knows this, but, you know, there's, there's always that one person. So I always say it. So uh, Tanya was born in the Soviet Union. Uh, she grew up there then. The country, of course, Soviet Union fell apart when she was very little. Then it was instituted as the breakaway Republic of Belarus. Uh, it still is the Republic of Belarus to this day. And I think, what, 16 years now since you immigrated? Uh, yes, going on 16 and years. 16 years. So, but growing up, what was, um, and, and also, by the way, you know, since we're talking about this, you know, so I grew up Catholic, but you grew up Orthodox. So right. for, for an Orthodox Christmas, it's not December 25th, is it? It's not. So uh, from everybody, to everybody who is from Eastern Europe, it's not Christmas that is to the same uh, scale or level. It's actually first comes New Year's. And New Year's Eve and then New Year's Day is huge. So the whole month of December, I remember just um, getting ready for New Year's, getting... Uh, all uh, excited, doing all the plays and shows in school. And then um, dad would bring a tree uh, around December 30th. Mm -hmm. So it was not even, we were not talking about this huge celebration until very last few days of December. And then maybe um, December 31st, we would put up the tree, do all the lights, and then uh, January 1st is a huge um, day when you would wake up in the early in the morning and open up all your gifts. And that was the gift giving. Uh, like the first of the year started with all the presents. And so in Orthodox Christmas, so in, and for people, I want people to be clear about this, it's New Year's comes first and then Orthodox Christmas is January 6th. Correct. So one week after, uh, you would have uh, Orthodox Christmas. And uh, it's mo it has more of a religious um, connotation to it. Um, it most people uh, would go to church. Right, because you've already done tree and presents and all tree, that. You that had was all last the presents. Week. That was the week you before. had uh, all the unwrapping fun, and mm -hmm. then uh, January six, the night of uh, January sixth to the seventh, is when um, all the uh, um, orthodox. Uh, will uh, celebrate the uh, birth of Jesus Christ. And then very often they would go to overnight mass. So I love overnight mass. <laughs> it's my favorite. I did it one time. I was only able to do it once. I love it. And it for was people a who don't, night. by the way, for people who don't know, um, Orthodox mass is, I mean, especially at Christmas. And I've done, I've done an Orthodox Easter 
And I remember Orthodox Easter service overnight was, when they say overnight, it's literally overnight. This thing, it was like three hours. Three hours? The one like we, the one, five. <laughs> wow, seriously. <laughs> it, was, it was until the sunrise. So you go so in you at, go from in midnight? You go in at midnight and you, for, the, for five, and just to give a little context, it's not your typical Catholic church where you have seats for everybody, where people can just sit on the bench or kneel. You are standing up. Right, there's no five pews. Hours, no pews, no chairs. No. For five hours overnight, you are standing listening to um, to the priest. The people do a lot of uh, praying, of course, and you're standing up. And incense is everywhere. Yes. <laughs> you, you have so much incense, you actually think you're in heaven. You actually think that you've Very made your way there. Very close to it, yes. Wow. That's hardcore. So five hours. How old were you when you did that? I must have been uh, 11 or 12. Yeah. I remember I asked my mom because I, I've heard uh, all my aunts always talk about it and how huge it was. And one one time I asked my mom if I could go, and mm-hmm. uh, we did. You went, now, did she go with you? Or? She did go with me, yes. Yeah. So it, did, it was me did and your my si- mom. Did your sister go? No, at the time she was very little. So just you and your mom? Yes. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> it was quite an experience. Oh, man. Five was... hours. Hardcore. Hardcore. That's yes. Christmas on hard mode, ladies and gentlemen. And so, so okay, we're not going to do that. So, wait, wait. So that means that if you went to an Orthodox Mass for five hours... If I want to go to a Latin mass, that's only an hour and a half. That's nothing. That's nothing that's... then. That's nothing. <laughs> if I want to do Vespers, if I want to do, then that's that midnight mass. Then that's that's no big deal at all, Absolutely is it? Absolutely not. All right. Mark it down, folks. Mark it down. <laughs> you just got me for a Latin mass. Just got you. Got you. And I say that to everybody. Go to, you know, if you're, if you're Catholic, I always say go to, just go to Latin mass. That's a big thing. Um, that is the traditional one. That is the one you want to go to. And and honestly, the, the Latin mass and the Orthodox mass are pretty similar, right? They are. Um, there is uh, one of the uh, things that is quite similar that uh, I've noticed was that the priest is actually facing the altar. So he's looking at the cross with Jesus Christ away from the crowd. Right. And so the way I look at it in, is uh, orthodox. Yeah. The way I've always pictured it is, you know, it's it's the priest is facing Christ. The Correct. priest is the priest is facing the right God way. the same way that everybody is facing it. And so it's as opposed to the priest facing the people, because you're not there for the people. You're Correct. there for God. And so it's a different, a different way of looking at it. And so it's something that I didn't quite understand until I started going myself. And then I realized that, oh, wait, wait, it actually does give you a kind of a different connotation on things. So that's something that, you know, that I like. But we, we don't always go to Latin Mass, to be clear. Um, we do sometimes, we very like often, to mix it up sometimes. go to um, our local parish, and we really enjoy that. But, you know, just certain occasions, special occasions. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Nomine Patre, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. And, um, but, let, you know, getting back to, to Christmas, so that you're here in the U.S., you've been here 16 years. What was it like you know, kind of experiencing Western Christmas and, you know, sort of learning the more Western Christian Christmas traditions? I remember how much I was impressed by Christmas, the first, the very first Christmas, because late November, suddenly all the stores had all the Christmas lights and Santas and all the ads going on about, and I was like, why? 
it's it's like month away. Why is everybody already <laughs> in a Christmas? <laughs> to somebody who had a Christmas tree in the house on December 31st. So it was quite shocking to me. But then I really got into the whole Christmas tunes. And I remember started learning some of my first Christmas songs. And to this day, I, I love turning my radio on while I'm driving um, with boys somewhere and making sure they, they hear all the tunes because that's that's the spirit of Christmas. I've it's always said that for Christians, by the way, like like for, for 11 months of the year, the secularists are like kind of in control of the radio waves. But then December, the Christians just dominate, just absolutely dominate the airspace with that Christian Christmas music. And and you're, you're sure there's lots of secular songs out there. But when you hear Away in a Manger, when you hear Oh Holy Night... When you hear a little drummer boy, when you hear all these ones, I mean, it's come on. I mean, that hits you in your heart and you feel a silent night. Actually, um, one thing. And you just my, start singing along. One one Christmas tradition for me that I always have is that. Um, so my birthday is 10 days before Christmas. And my mom always told me the story that. So here she was you know, with a baby just 10 days before Christmas, 23 years old. And she, you know, I, I was, um, I guess, you know, they're in the hospital there in, in Pennsylvania and that I was, you know, just crying, baby, you know, baby crying. And that she started singing, um, the first song she could think of that she sang silent night to me and that she would sing that every night to me while we we're even before she brought me home. And so for me, whenever I hear silent night, I always kind of, it always makes me think of my mom and it always makes me think of that story and just how how special that is and that how that be, sort of became a Christmas tradition for me personally, in addition to, you know, all the other longstanding Christmas traditions. That's very beautiful. I do have a and now story here, of my own. And now own. here we are where, and I guess people don't know, but, story of my you own. know, here we are that we had our second son, AJ, was born on December 3rd. So I have his birthday. two December birthdays. Last Christmas. Very lucky girl. So my Christmas story with our little boy is uh, I remember coming home from the hospital with our AJ, our youngest son. And uh, the first thing you went and did, you got a Christmas tree. And you did a great job with putting up all the lights. And you wanted us to feel like suddenly... The anticipation is over and the, the actual celebration could begin. And uh, the first few weeks, anybody who is a new mom will know they're the toughest. And one of my favorite things to do was when my little boy would make me up in the middle of the night, 2, 3 a.m., sometimes multiple times a day, I would just um, I would turn on all the lights on the Christmas tree and I would watch all the blinking and uh, one of the... Uh, traditions that we have, we always put an angel on top of our Christmas tree. As is necessary and proper. So I would sit there in the middle of the night with my little boy with the Christmas lights on the tree and the angel and that just a story I hope I will tell our little boy one day. When he's a little older to remember yes. that, that every night. And I, I remember, well, the, the reason I know is because 
uh, I would wake up in the morning and then I'd go to your Instagram stories <laughs> and I would see because you would always put the time that you were up. Here he is at 4 a.m. Here he is at 5 a.m. So it's 3 a.m. <laughs> it's 2 a.m. And that's like your little way of letting me know. Just so you know, because I'm I'm a pretty good sleeper. And no, but I've yes, noticed this are. before. I have noticed this before. I know, right? I know well, that's because I sleep on my pillow with mm. with with the delightful my pillows of mypillow.com promo code POSO. Ooh. Got it in. Told you I was gonna get it in. But 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 in all, but but that being said, it's I've noticed though at times like I might be up working or something, and when I say working, I mean like trolling Twitter or whatever. Um I've noticed that he can make like and even with with Jack Jack, with our older son, it was the same way. He, they can make the tiniest squeak and you're immediately up. Right. And it's like and I'll turn over and look I say, like, wait a minute. Like that was enough to wake you up. That was not me as a teenager or even an adult. I was always such a sound sleeper. Because you're usually a sound sleeper. I kid you not. You could have a party in the room next door and I would be a sound asleep, not a worry in the world. It changed. Oh, you were not the party. The day. You, you were there sleeping during the party. Is that what it was? We're not talking about that. We're we're going. Whoa! The Christmas oh, whoa! So that changed the minute I had our first son. I kid you not. He would turn, and I would be wide awake. Like he'd turn just he, over in the bed. He would just turn over in, in the bed. Career, and, and it just it amazed me because I remember. When I was still carrying him, thinking, I was like, how am I going to hear him cry? Or how am I going to know that he needs something? Oh, I knew. <laughs> and, what did, and what did that feel like? Does it? Because I've, I've seen you, like, I didn't think we were going to talk about this, but okay. Because <laughs> um, I've noticed, though, that when one of the boys is crying or upset or something, like, for me, it's like, Okay, there's something I got to deal with. There's a problem. You know, do we does he need to be clean? Does he need to be fed? Is he tired? What is it? But I don't have this kind of emotional, emotional, spiritual kind of resonance with that. You know, it's it, to me, it's just okay. There's a problem. We got to solve it, right? But with you, it, it's different, isn't it? I had no idea until I had them. And just just to give you a little perspective, the bond was building nine months that I was carrying both of our boys so I guess that's something that on a much deeper level happens between a mother and a child in some sense it probably has a survival uh, aspect to it because uh, that's how that bond and that connection may helps the little baby make it through in this world and the mom is the vessel that the baby uses to uh, make it through. But I had no idea. I did not know. And then suddenly this, this huge connection, it, it took my baby to make one squeaky sound or a little cry. And I would be a mama bear the second that happened. No, I mean, it's, it's, there's this, this deep emotional, spiritual, biological, physical, physiological, and metaphysical connection that, you know, between them. And, and everybody knows that, right? You kind of intuitively know, okay, the mother and child have a specific uh, connection. But when you see it, and for you, it's when you're experiencing it, it's just triggering and kicking off all of these things that you've always had inside you. 
but now they're activated. Right now it's switched on and you realize, oh, wait, this is like this deep, deep programming that you always had, but now is suddenly because it needs to be used, that it's kicked on. So how am I going to wake up? Oh, guess what? <laughs> You're going to be up, up, right? You're going to be up immediately. And, and it's so amazing. And I think it's such a blessing that God has like, and he says this in the Bible, I will design them man and woman. And this is something that just me as a guy looking at this, I, I know I don't have that. Like if you wake me up and say, Hey, can you take care of him or something? You know, that's one thing, but I'm not, I don't have that sort of trigger mechanism, that alarm mechanism, that deep spiritual connection and talking, you know, going back to Christmas, that is Christmas, right? It all started with a mother and her child, a mother saying yes to the most impossible question any woman's ever been asked in history and saying yes without reservation. The yes, I will do this. And yes, I will, as you say, like as I will be the vessel for this and, and my son will grow and he will do amazing things. And, you know, hatch and a teenager, right? A young right. teenage mother um, to say, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna raise my son and I think, you know, looking at Christmas and I, I mean, I love, right, all the celebration of Christmas. I love it. <laughs> but you always have to go back. And we were just at the Christmas show at, at Dream City Church in, in Phoenix. And they had, you know, this amazing show that we saw. But I loved the end of it and at the celebration. And it said, for God so loved the world that he sent his son not to condemn the world, but to save it, right? Beautiful. And this and this is the key, right? Is that Christ comes as the savior of the world because we know God understands that the world is going to be the way it is. The world has human nature in it. The world has challenges in We're it, it has suffering. Sinners. It has sin in it, right? But this is the way out, that you have now been sent this, the, the savior the king, the king of all kings, the king of the entire universe. And brought in not, you know, descending from a giant golden staircase with flowing robes and <laughs> armies behind, you know. Um, but they do say, and, it, you know, of course, brought in a manger in the most humble of beginnings that anyone's ever had or could possibly have. And... You know, to me, when I think of the meaning of Christmas, it's it's hope, right? It's hope that you live your life this way, you follow him, you you read the teachings of that king, you read the teachings of that Lord, and it's a guideline that he gave us. And the entire Bible, of course, is a guideline that we've been given, you know, to live your life. And this is the entire point of Christmas, the entire point of why we celebrate, why we go through the motions every year. And it, and even going through those motions gives you the same type of hope and the same type of joy. And it's amazing that we have that. But it also is a tradition that, like you said, it was handed down from your parents. It was handed down to me from my parents. We still have some of the old, uh, VHS videos of, of my dad and my mom and me and, you know, pushing me around in a little wagon in front of our tree in, in Norristown, Pennsylvania. And, uh, 
you know, had given me a little fire truck and everything and seeing how I was. And, and my dad was very early on this, but he, he was always filming whenever we were around doing family stuff. He had the camcorder going or he put it up on the tripod. And I love having those. I just, I could sit and watch those I forever. I was always so jealous because uh, my, fair, uh, my family did not really have the means to do that. But I remember Well, the Soviet Union looking, didn't really have no, really. VHS and VHRs But then looking at all your uh, childhood albums and seeing all the... Uh, um, videos, it, it was, it was so precious. not, not to get incredibly political, <laughs> but because, you know, we, we talk about, you know, politics and communism and freedom, et cetera, et cetera, but, you know, humanize it, right. Humanize it. That's, this is a great point to, we have to point it out. How many photos do you have of yourself as a child? I can, uh, count them pretty much, um, on the 10 fingers of my hands. You have about 10 photos? About, yes. When I grew older, obviously the fi pictures got more, but uh, from from birth until about age 10, definitely under 10 pictures. So like one a year? Yeah. And now how many pictures are our kids going to have? Um, let's not talk about that. On, and let's say my iPhone phone. crashed a couple of times because of Her the number of pictures. Her iPhone is literally crashing because all it is is full of pictures guilty. of the kids. So guilty. So you're making up for lost time. So guilty. You're making up for lost time. No, no, that's good. And it's what we should have. But so, you know, let's talk Christmas traditions. What are some of your favorite things to do in December? Because I remember you sent me something I think on Thanksgiving, right, is when you sent it to me, yes, and you I said did. it was a it was a, a December to do list. Is that right? That's correct. So what was on your December? And she never does this, by the way. <laughs> you know, they call them like the honey do lists, and she's a this is a Christmas just well a December to do list of all Christmas traditions. And you said we're going to do every single one of them. And so what was on the list? So it was uh, a very good collection of the main points of the celebration of Christmas, so I thought. And uh, I really wanted to show our boys this beautiful season of celebrating Jesus Christ and uh, doing all the fun family activities together. So what, what were some of, the, so what were some some of your favorite of the, ones? Some of the things on it was um, there was a donated toy. Donated toy, yeah. Uh, it had um, uh, nativity scene. Oh, wait, we have to tell the thing with Jack-Jack and the nativity scene because he so got so upset. We have a very beautiful nativity scene that uh, we got from uh, your parents. It was actually my grandmother's. Oh, your grandmother's. Yeah, they, it was hers, then she gave it to them, and then they gave it to us. That's, yeah. that's very beautiful. So we, we had it all set up as we were decorating the house, got the tree together, and then we finally um, put out the um, nativity scene with uh, Joseph, Mary. We got the sheep. We got the donkey. And then Jack-Jack runs to us almost in tears. And he goes, Mama, there's no Jesus. Mama, Mama, <laughs> where's, where's Jesus? baby Jesus? Where's where, baby Jesus? where? <laughs> so we took our time and explained to him that, um, Jesus's birthday will be on December 25th, and Jesus is not here yet, which which still made him very upset. He was a little you, perplexed about that. If you ever that. tried to reason with a 
With a three-year-old. A three-nager, oh, three yeah. It's, uh, it's quite impossible. He so. doesn't have good, like, time, you know, conception yet. Not so what I was yet. saying that, no, he's not here, but he's coming. And he's like, is he coming now? Is he coming soon? Is he coming here? I said, well, yeah. When I mean, is yes, he coming? Of course, he is coming. But no, yeah, and he needs to be now because because we give we actually have the, um, and I know I do the ad all the time with the, the Bible pillows, but he actually does have does. the nativity scene Bible pillow. And so one thing that we do before... Every night, what is what does he say every night before bed? He's looking for his pillow, and then we always say our father, and um, in nomine Padre, Filio, mm-hmm. Spiritus Sanctus. But I mean in about Latin. the pillow. Oh, he uh, he goes, there's Jesus. Uh, I'm sorry, he says, there's Joseph, Mary, baby Jesus. And? And sheep. And sheep. <laughs> so good night, Joseph. Good night, Mary. Good night, baby Jesus. Good night, sheep. And so for him, I think, you know, missing that integral part, obviously the integral part of the Holy Family, uh, baby Jesus was not, was not, he was pretty upset with that. But I think, um, so we did, we got the Christmas tree, we put it up. And what was one of the reasons, because man, you were like, I remember it was I'm right around Thanksgiving and you said, you said, well, we still have some December left, so it counts. But you said, I want that tree up as soon as possible. And I said, ah, we'll go there on my birthday. We'll go later, 15th, a little closer to Christmas. You were like, you were like, no. Part of the reasons I told you that uh, about my special story with uh, AJ, uh, that to me, the Christmas tree is associated with the with the joy and um, the celebration of um, Jesus and the whole Christmas spirit. So I wanted it to start as soon as possible. I, d- I didn't want to wait anymore. <laughs> well, I think, and no, and, and that does make sense. So AJ's birthday is now, it's December 3rd. So I think that going forward, one, and I guess it officially started last year. And this is the way traditions start, right? Traditions start you know, organically and things happen in a certain way. And then you decide to repeat them because you liked it. Um, And so this year, I remember you saying that to me and I, you know, totally blew right past it. Right. Because I'm like, oh, and are we going to be around? Where am I speaking this weekend? Or am I in Nashville? Am I in Denver? I'm in L.A. or whatever. And you're like, I want a tree. And and you said to me, you said, I want the tree up because I want the tree up before AJ's birthday. And so I said that. The next tradition that the Poso family, the Posobic family, is going to have is that every year the tree will be up by AJ's birthday. And and tell everybody, for, you know, in my defense, or my defense, but to my credit, what did we, because we were at church when you said that to me, and then what was the very first thing that I did after you said that? We left the church, and we drove right to the Christmas market, and we picked up a Christmas tree. Boom! (laughs) You see that, young kings out there? That's how it's done. When your woman says she wants something, and it's reasonable, right? Now, this is key. This is key, because a lot of people out there will say, you'll hear this phrase, happy wife, happy life. I reject it. I reject it completely. Because, because happy wife, happy life, me, you know, a lot of guys will hear that and they, and they think that means say yes to everything. Yeah. It's total appeasement. You can't, you know, negotiate. There's no back and forth. You got to have the back and forth. You got, or you're not going to have a healthy relationship. And I'm, and I'm guys, I'm telling you every once in a while, you got to say, eh, not right now. Uh, (laughs) yeah, that's not going to work. Um, but when you do have the occasion to be able to say yes, do so do and do so swiftly and quickly 
<laughs> and she will be so happy that yes. you did all that. That you'll have money in the you'll bank. Be very happy and then when you're doing a podcast on Christmas with her, you can remind her that you did that. <laughs> and then you can record it and have Turning Point <laughs> oh, USA so? put it out so that everyone in the world can know what a great See, guy you and are. Even, even in that instance, he got his way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I mean, look, it, it was, it was, you know, you want you're like, I wanted a Christmas tree. And it sounded like you wanted it now. And I think I actually was leaving the next day. Um, I was doing, um, I think I was flying somewhere or another. And I said, let's just get it. Let's just get it Love then. It. You know, we have some time today. And, you know, the, the Christmas tree market was pretty close. So we just went and picked it up. Going back to the list, uh, there were some uh, really good ones. I'm pretty sure everybody with the, with the little kids uh, does it. But uh, one of my favorites was um, singing uh, Christmas carols. Mm-hmm. And then uh, ice skating, going mm -hmm. ice skating. Then uh, obviously a picture with Santa. Oh, have to do that. yes. What else? Oh, uh, bake gingerbread cookies, decorate Done. them, and Done. make a gingerbread house. Done. Done that. Trying to, oh, uh, the ugly Christmas sweater party. We had to do that. Uh, it's coming up. We, ha I mean, we have worn the ugly sweaters. We, we, we did, didn't actually yes. go to the party though, so I think I think we could say that one's done. I think right. we could say that one's done. And then baking some marshmallows. Baking marshmallows. Oh yeah, got to roasting the fire. You know, and so it's it's it's, it's simple stuff. Simple, but what I love about those lists is that you could make it a fun family time. Um, I don't want my boys growing up thinking that Christmas is just about unwrapping a bunch of presents under the tree, getting all the latest uh, gadgets uh, that's on the market or the new phone or tablet or whatever else there will be. Maybe some Bitcoins by the time he, he will start understanding you know, all the, the gifting and stuff. I want them to remember those special moments together with mom and dad and uh, going and doing those fun uh, Christmas activities, looking at the Christmas lights, singing Christmas carols, and then decorating the tree together. Um, talking about what we're grateful for, going to the church and talking about the baby and how he was the reason uh, for the holiday, not just all the gifts and stuff. And, and people, I don't know if everybody knows this, we actually did our honeymoon in Israel. We And we went to Bethlehem, we went we to did. Jerusalem, we went to the Dead Sea, we, we did the whole Stations of the Cross. And for me, you know being able to actually walk and we did the, the garden of gethsemane um being able to actually and it's all very close it's not actually yeah. that big we went at all. to the uh, really room with the last supper we went to the room of the last supper and we, we went very early yeah we went ones. so early so the we trick. were the only if, ones if, there if any the of trick. you guys yeah. life hack. plan to go to jerusalem the best thing you could do is which very easy to do actually if you're from flying from united states because you're jet lagged you will be up very early. Do not try to flip-flop and bat. Go out, catch a tour guide very early. If it's 5 a.m., go. You will not regret it. You will be able to see all the sacred places and all the sacred spots 
with zero people because the crowds usually get there around nine or ten. This is this is the worst time to go. Take an early time. You will love it. You'll be able to see and experience it without having to rush through it. We loved it. And we have we have that photo. It's just me and you together standing in the room of the last the upper room, the the yes. upper chamber of the Last Supper all by ourselves. And it's, I, I never thought I would have something like that. And so to have that opportunity to actually walk in the footsteps of Christ, in the footsteps of our Lord, you know, the, go to the Mount of Olives. We picked up a couple olive needles, you know, it was, I mean, it was something I remember you know, going to church when I was little and my, my parents taking me and I was always looking at the stations of the cross and the beautiful stained glass windows and hearing the story and the greatest story ever told. And I said, man, I'd love to actually go there. Right. Because, and that's always been something in our relationship that and somebody actually just asked me the other day at turning point, they were like, they're like, Oh, does Tanya like to travel or, or, you know, does you, does your travel schedule, is that like bother her or something? And I was like, does it bother her? <laughs> I love it. She <laughs> loves it. Like she loves traveling uh, more than I do. I think I'm a very easy to travel with partner. I believe I, uh, I don't need a huge advance. There were times that Jack would tell me about the event or a trip a few hours before it was about to happen. And uh, I'm very easy on the fly, very quick to get ready. And uh, and that, that's actually true. To go. <laughs> and that's, I'll totally give you credit on that. That's totally true. Like you are not one of those girls who spends like an hour getting ready and packing and do, you're just like, boom, 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 done. If, if I am offered a wonderful experience with you, just going to a new place or even to the place where we've been, but having a chance to spend it together. doesn't matter to me if I have all the makeup on or if I'm just wearing my hoodie, as long as we're together, having to experience it all, it's the best moments. So we're getting towards the end of this and, you know, it is Christmas and I do want to say Merry Christmas again to everybody out there. Is that the moment there. where I give you my Christmas wish list? And thank you. What? No, no, I've had that before. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. I've had that a long, long time before. But, you know, I think that what I wanted to end it on was if they ever listen to this again, our boys, you know, sometime a long time from now in the future, especially AJ when he's a little bit older, I mean, he's not even talking yet. And Jack Jack, you know, he's a little bit too young. By the way, for the record, Jack Jack, if you are listening to this and it's years later, we wanted to have you on, but somebody wanted to play with Mama's phone. And so uh, it didn't work out. But what um what message would you have for our boys at Christmas time? As a mom, I want them to be very happy in life and treasure the moments together and appreciate all the family traditions. And as they grow older, as they become teenagers, then they will want to spend less and less time together. I hope they will look back to their childhood and be happy about all the memories that we've tried to create for them and maybe stop by and surprise us. <laughs> As the best Christmas present for both of us, I think. And I want them to 
think of Christmas time to circle back on it as the uh, period of hope and faith and uh, family. I always want them to um, hold on to those three things in their life the most. This is who we are. This is who our families have always been. This is our tradition. This is the way of our people. And if you don't continue those traditions, if you don't pass them on, then they could be gone in one generation. So that's why I think it's so important to always do that. But now for the final question, what do you think I got you? Um, no idea. No I idea at all. Have no idea at all. What do you? What do? You, what do you? What do you? What do you? What would you want me to get you that you think I don't know about? You see, you you put me right on the spot. I never even thought of it. I feel like I've already got this wonderful gift of being here with you for ten days in Arizona, just watching our kids have fun in a desert, playing with all the cacti and running around the zoo. This is this is the best gift. Is there more? All right, boys. So <laughs> so a lot of those gifts we can we can give a lot of that stuff are back, you, guys. I, I, we can, I, I, we can a lot them of back. returns. Lot of, hey, what are gonna Oops, say? I think I undersold. <laughs> you know, and for the record, by the way, for the record, right? Who was it that I always say this? Who was it? Because I don't usually have you on. Who was it that went to our bed and said, We're getting rid of all these pillows and we're replacing them with my pillows? Who said that? This girl, right here. And why and why did you say that? Which girl would not want to get rid of all the old pillows and put on all the new ones that are so, that are so great? And yeah. So like I people always <laughs> think that I'm putting them on when I say that, but like no. We, we, the we, moment we, I heard that we're getting or could get new pillows, I was like, okay, done. So and you, I send you the you, picture. <laughs> but do you actually sleep on my pillows every I night? Do, yes or no? Every night. How do you like the my pillows every night? I love night? them. I do. So you like like a and it's like a firmer because you like a firmer pillow. I do. What about the topper? I love the topper. It's very soft, and uh, for a little girl, I love sleeping on the elevated mm -hmm. bed. I really this do. is the princess and the pea over here, by the <laughs> way, folks, just so you know. And when it comes to the sheets, do, what do you think of our Giza Dream Sheets? What do I think? I already got uh, Giza Sheets to all of my girlfriends as Christmas gifts. You already got? Oh, yes. no. Yes, well, uh -oh, by now they will already open the gifts. So spoiler there. alert. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, there's a couple, there's the a couple more, but... We are pretty much out of time. We run here. So uh, to all, from all of us, to all of you, all of the Poso family, to everybody out there, I hope that you're having a very Merry Christmas. You know, we wanted to keep this just talking about tradition, just talking about what it was like growing up, the kind of Christmases we had. You know, one thing I always said, by the way, that we always did on Christmas was that we always went and we could never play with our uh, toys right when we play with them because it was either off to church or it was off to the family, the next family's house, or over to see our friends. And then you'd see, hey, what'd you get? What'd you get? What'd you get? And then it was always the next day that you would actually get to play with it or open everything because the first day was always full of family stuff. And so I hope that as you guys are listening to this, you are on your way to family. And if you're not, pick up your phone, call someone in your family that you haven't talked to in a while, and wish them Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Any final messages? Hope you guys are enjoying this time with family. Slow down on all the unwrapping. Look around your family 
and say a blessing. Be grateful for all the loved ones in your life. Those are the most precious gifts that you could ever get. Well, I know hold the, on to them a little tighter. Well, I know the most precious gift that I ever got. <laughs> 100%. Aww. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, you have our permission. To lay ashore. Oh! <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>